0: everyone welcome to red and white authority this is episode 137 our guest is the head coach of the grand rapids griffins no stranger to this podcast uh, uh, ben simon the first time i think i talked to ben was on the uh, fourth of july way way back then but uh, uh we'll we'll get into that because he's a very patriotic man uh, grew up in ohio so you can tell you know very very crucial state too so. cleveland boy cleveland there you go right. cleveland yep. Ben is here but i want to remind everyone that the uh uh, that the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. It's always a good time after a long, hard day at work uh, to cozy up on the cows with a nice, cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in uh, uh, Ben. Ben, it's always great to have you on. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you, and I appreciate your time today. Uh My first question is, I'm looking, I know what the league is and guys are called up and down and all that, but since the start of the season, and this is a rough estimate, I think that the Griffins have had 56 transactions. That seems to me to be a lot, or is that par for the course?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast here, but uh, yeah, it seems to me it is an abnormally high number at this point in the year, and if you... Look at it relative to years prior it is significantly higher but you know that's the nature of the beast in the american hockey league with with call-ups and injuries and opportunities and where detroit is with looking at guys and where they fit in the future of the program here uh that's the reality that we live in so uh you know we're gonna have those guys called up we're gonna have guys sent down and our lineup might not be fluid from game to game and we've had to deal with that and uh i think for all Things considered, we we've managed it pretty well, and you know we've tempered expectations and uh, I guess egos when guys have been sent down. We've you know kind of measured guys' attitudes when they were called up, and we got to just make sure the guy the you know they're not too high with the highs or too low with the lows.
0: Well, how has that changed your job? Because you know we always hear the one thing covering sports, you know, my whole adult life is that. Everyone talks about the word consistency. As long as it's consistent, I can virtually handle it as long as I know that's how it's going to be. But you're constantly in flux. Has this been a bit of a challenge for you simply because you would like to have a consistent lineup or have the same lines together as much as possible or same defensive pairings, or has that been really difficult for you this year? Well,
1: it's presented its problems, and and I say problems loosely. It's presented its... uh, it's issues, I guess, uh, earlier in the year, or not really the early in the year, but, you know, throughout the course of the first half of the season. But, you know, that's part of our jobs is to make sure that we're doing it as best we can. And uh, I think as a coach uh, coaching staff, it does become easier when you can develop a little bit of continuity and chemistry, but I think on any good team, whether it's in the American league, the NHL, or whatever league you're playing. And I think that part of uh, cultivating a great positive atmosphere is, guys can be inserted, taken out of the lineup, and you're not going to miss a beat. So I think uh, for the most part, we've we've done a good job. But, yeah, it, it does pose its uh, pose its uh, issues at times, but, you know, that, that's not something that we can control. So you take it uh, as it comes, and you make decisions as as uh, those things are kind of dictated to you.
0: Yeah, you said you kind of tempered expectations this year. I think everybody knew with the way the Red Wings are, the whole organization, that it was going to be a transitional year. Yeah, I sometimes look as – yeah, I'm wondering what Dan Watson's doing in Toledo sometimes because that you know that it, it seems everybody every time I turn around you or the walleye are making transactions and you know players are, are jumping back and forth. But you're at 500 now. Finally, uh, the team start is you on a long homestand. You have two more games before that. Then the All Star break. Uh, I, I know I asked you last night after you uh, defeated the uh, you know your nemesis, the Iowa. Uh, wild in in, uh, in a shootout. That is this the time to? Is it good to beat a team that you're that's ahead of you in the standings? But is this the time to really turn it on, regardless? And you said, listen, we're just in a position where we have to win games now. It doesn't matter who we play, when we play, we have to win. Every the standings are kind of bunched up. Uh, it, you know, it's it's you're you know the, 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 we're joking around. You know, Griffins win two games. They're in the playoffs. They lose two games, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah, that's
1: the difference of a good week and a bad week. Right, so.
0: I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, the team is obviously aware of that, but... Uh, yeah, well, we've been aware of it for for a while now, and we
1: dug ourselves a little bit of a hole with... Our November wasn't very productive with in terms of wins and losses, and, uh, you know, we, we fought hard to get back to 500, and that was a big milestone for us the other night. And, you know, from this point forward, we've got two games before All-Star break, and then after that we have 30 games, so... Uh, if you look at the standings closely in my history of playing in the American league or coaching in the American league in the last, you know, eight to 10 years, it's, I don't think I've seen this parity at the level that it is. I mean, you're looking at teams in third place down to really eighth place where teams are, you know, anywhere from two games over 500 to two games under 500. It's not like there's a huge separation between three and eight. So, uh, like you alluded to before, it doesn't matter if we're playing the number one team in our division or the last place team out of conference. We have to make sure that you know we're taking advantage of uh, the opportunities and, and banking points when we can.
0: when it, it, it's an exciting brand of hockey. you know I've been down here many, many times. I always like coming to Grand Rapids and watching uh, the Griffins play. Uh, how has your job changed this year because you do have a lot of First year pros, is it? uh, Do you spend more time in development as opposed to, I guess, for lack of a better term, strategy?
1: Well, I I think it's a fine balance, and it's been a little bit of a a, a little bit of an adjustment period with so many young first year guys or you know younger players this year. There's a lot more teaching involved. Uh, There's a lot more video involvement uh, with taking the time to sit down with players and watch video and. And uh, I think from a uh, coaching staff to our development staff with, with Horrocks, Clears, Croner, and, and Brandon Narado, I think uh, we're all kind of on the same page. And there's a good synergy there with uh, what the expectations for each player, the, the I guess, idea of, of where they should be at their development and what we need to work on with each player. So I think that, uh, you know, those expectations drawn out to us can be conveyed to the players. And uh, we can try and implement kind of a process, kind of plan.
0: You know, the thing that I've always felt, especially with a coach, where I don't know if it's a conflict of interest, is that you want to win. You know, you're based on wins and losses. Yet, part of your job is to develop players. I mean, do you? Is it? T- do you find yourself sometimes maybe not compromising yourself, but thinking, well, I know he needs to work on this, but.
1: Yeah, well, that's always been kind of the, I guess, the dichotomy of the American Hockey League is it's a fine line between balancing winning and development. So, you know, with that being said, I think that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, our staff, our jobs are to make sure that these players are getting better on a daily basis. And I think that if you're going to see that, you know, if you're going to see that development on a daily basis and there is continued improvement, you're going to naturally see the – the translation into wins and losses now i think he also developed quicker in a winning environment i don't mm-hmm. think it does anyone any good just to you know keep rolling guys out there and continuing to to lose games by significant margin so you know it is a fine balance but uh, i think you're seeing steady progressive growth with a lot of our younger players and you know that's a testament to their work ethic to their character and i think it also speaks to the to the veteran players that we have here uh, with the job that they're doing and the detail that they're showing the younger guys. yeah,
0: you know, I, I talked about uh, transitions. Uh, today the Red Wings sent back four players, uh, uh, Philip Zadina, uh, Dennis Chalowski. They're doing construction here at Van Andel Arena, so we'll – We'll, we'll bear work through, through it, it here i gotta <laughs> get my hard hat on <laughs> yeah they may ask us to you know pound a nail or two here uh dressing room looks great by the way i mean griffin's redid that and it, it looks real nice but uh dennis was sent back uh, giovanni smith kelvin uh, picard uh I, I want to ask you about certain players right now. And, and sure. let's start probably with, let's start first with Giovanni Smith, who I think we would are both in agreement from where he was. I think his season turned around after he went home at Christmas. I've told him this in Christmas of 2018, he came back, he had a good second half as a first year pro had a nice playoff run was suspended for Whatever I can't I still can't believe he was suspended for a playoff game, but here's a young man that really needed maybe that first year to adjust to on and off the ice and has actually made the most of his opportunity.
1: Yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, the credit goes to to Smitty for kind of figuring it out, and I think the first half of his rookie season, he I think he struggled with. Uh, I guess transitioning from juniors to, to being a pro. And, and a lot of that has to do with growing up. You know he's living on his own for the first time. He had adult responsibilities and all of a sudden, uh, he didn't have a lot of people to rely on. So I think it took him a little bit while to get acclimated and adjusted to the to the pro game, the pro lifestyle, uh, living on his own. And I think towards the second half, I think he did a really good job of surrounding himself uh, with the right people, following the lead of some really good consummate professionals that we had in our team last year and uh, really learning from them. And I think anytime you surround yourself with good people, you're naturally going to you know, kind of trend that way. So uh, he dug his heels in. He took the time this summer. You can tell he had a great summer. He spent the summer in Detroit, uh, putting the time there, uh, worked his tail off and he came back in great shape. He came back uh, with a great state of mind and, you know, he's had to work uh, for every opportunity he's had and, you know, it, I'll be the first to tell you, like we're extremely proud of where he is now. to so where he started the year last year and we were extremely hard on him. Well, he's,
0: he's one of our bloggers, um, mm-hmm. powering forward. And, uh, you know, he has mentioned several times in this blog and I talk to him at least once a month, if not twice, uh, about you giving, you being patient with him and in a strange sense, giving him enough rope, uh, to make mistakes, And reeling him in, I mean, he was – is it different for each player or or do you do that with everybody?
1: Well, I I think it's different with each player. I think you have to hold the guys accountable to the same standard, but there are different ways to go about that accountability. Now, Some guys you can yell at, be right down their throats, and they can handle it, and other guys don't handle the same approach the same way. So, uh, you know, we were hard on Smitty last year, myself, right at the top of the chain there I you know we we were extremely hard on him but Giovanni was very mature about it he could handle it and you know credit to him he responded well and you know it's it's just the start of of a hopefully a promising young career that you know he's gonna take what he's learned down here and continue to grow uh with the experiences that he's getting up top right now
0: you know another player that you know we were all over last year probably unfairly but because he was yeah was Phillips Zadina. uh He uh, came up for the nine games, didn't really look out of place, Um, started off here in Grand Rapids this year, was doing very well uh, statistically, Um, has been up and down to Detroit a couple of times. A couple of times it was just like paper transactions. He didn't even leave Detroit, but he was still a a griffin. Uh, Yet he's coming back. He's – I think it's like eight goals now, and, you know, he has like 16, 17 points. He's been one of the Red Wings' leading scorers since he's come back. Uh, I would imagine as proud as you are of, of Giovanni, are you less surprised at what Zadine is doing compared to how Smith is performing up in Detroit? No, I, I you know we're,
1: we're extremely happy for for Phil and, and Z did a tremendous job as well, maturing as a player both on and off the ice, and you know, it's similar to Giovanni with you know being on his own for the first time, but now you're factoring in he's a, he's a Czech kid living in a different country. Uh, you know, he's, he's going through a lot of different firsts. Uh, but I think his, he's finally realized, uh, the, the consistency that it takes and the consistency, uh, with the work ethic, uh, fighting for space on the ice, getting to those hard areas, competing for pucks more. Uh, I don't think he necessarily had to do that in juniors. He relied on his skill and his skating ability and his hockey sense. And, it's a little bit harder as you climb up the ladder, and I think that he's realized that, and he's really uh, he's really taking advantage of the opportunities he's had, and he's not, I don't think, relinquishing it. I think that he's, uh, he's becoming hungry every day, and I think the more and more you spend up in the NHL, the more you realize how great it is and you want to stay there, and I think he's realizing what he has to do to to stay there, and he's got to make sure that he's doing it on a consistent basis from from practice to practice and from game to game.
0: With, now that Giovanni and uh, and and Philip Zadina are back, do you expect to see a different level out of them because they've been playing in the NHL? I mean, do you see when a guy because a guy goes back and forth that when they come back, you can tell that they've played. NHL games?
1: Well, sometimes. I mean, it's it's definitely a quicker pace up there. You're playing against faster, stronger players. And so you'd like to believe that that correlation, that if they're playing at a higher level, they're going to bring that higher level with them. Uh, hopefully that drives the tempo within our group and uh, challenges our group within our team atmosphere. But at the same time too, you, you you can't come down with the mentality of just because you played at a higher level, it's just going to happen down there. They right, have to right. continue to have the same attitude, the same mentality, the same work ethic, the same compete level that they had up there down here. They can't come down here with one toe in the water. And I think that they know that uh, the reason that they've been afforded the opportunity up top is because they've done those things to get to that point. And, there's no reason to stray from, from that game plan.
0: It's, it's, so you're very conscious of that. And can you tell right away, if do you pull them aside and say something like, hey, look, don't forget what got you there because you're not doing it here. Yeah. No, I, I think
1: those guys, and again, we talk about how, you know, we just spoke of those two, how they've right. matured. I think that, you know, they're going to come down with, with a good frame of mind and come down and contribute here and make sure that they're
0: challenging themselves. Uh, Dennis uh, Chalowski, real interesting uh uh, case from the standpoint of he has all those offensive tools he's a bit of a he's a bit of a risk taker but he doesn't get flustered when he does make a mistake had to come wavy work on being a little more uh ornery I guess on the ice and, and better defensively he'll he'll tell you that uh what have you seen in Dennis and his progression
1: well, I think Dennis has done a really good job coming down. His attitude has been great down here when he was in Grand Rapids. And I think one of Dennis's biggest attributes can be viewed and, and construed as one of his biggest detriments as, uh, you know, his poise with the puck, his patience where, you know, on one side of the coin, you've got, you know, he holds onto a puck, he sees a play and he makes it and everyone's, wow, that's a heck of a play. But then the next time, you know, defensively, he's a little bit patient. He's not as right. engaged, and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's a soft play or whatever. So uh, I think that Dennis, when he first came down from Detroit uh, and joined us earlier in the year, he was, I think it was a dash five or six in his first three or four games. And then from that point forward, he, uh, he's been a plus player. So uh, I think he's doing a lot of things. He's putting in the time with the video, he's got a really high work ethic. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're definitely seeing down here some positive signs of him playing harder, playing uh, a little bit uh, more intense away from the puck and ending plays quicker in the D zone, and, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. It's not going to be, you know, an overnight thing with him. It's going to be, you know, we got to make sure that we're staying on it on a daily basis and accentuating the positives when he does it right and when he doesn't, making sure that we're teaching and, and correcting it.
0: Another uh, young defenseman is Gustav Lindstrom, who um, I remember the first time I met him was at the summer showcase in Plymouth a couple of years ago, where he was really um, apprehensive, I guess, about playing on the smaller ice surface. He hadn't done it much in Europe. He had played a few times with some Swedish teams, but you know the, the showcase it was really high end talent, and he was really looking forward to it. I've told him this three games in, he seemed like he had been playing on the large or the smaller surface his whole career. He seems to be a quick study. I know that he wants his numbers to be better, yet his first year here in North America, I would imagine you have to be, you know, fairly pleased by what you've seen so far.
1: Well, he has been a pleasant surprise, and, uh, you know, you look at his stats, and I don't think they're indicative of the the play that he's brought to our team this year. Uh, I think he's played in every game so far this year. Um, He's been put in situations where maybe he hasn't been in before, and I think he's He's progressed nicely. You know, he's he's killing more penalties. He's doing a heck of a job there. He's been, you know, uh, we used him on the power play at the start of the year, and his five-on-five five play has been steady pretty much all year long. We've used him on the left side. We've used him on the right side. Uh, he's been pretty versatile in, in, different, uh, in a variety of roles for us this year. So, uh, again, a young guy with tremendous upside that uh, we're looking forward to uh, making sure they continue to develop and go in the right direction.
0: Now he told me a story that when he was growing up in Sweden he played a lot of outdoor hockey and he and his friends liked to check each other into the snowbanks cuz that was that was their board. He thinks that that's carried over. He does play uh, he plays a physical brand. He does play with a little bit of an edge and you know we always joke that hey he's uh, you know Swedish and uh, you know, that's unheard of, you know, that they're just highly skilled guys. But I would imagine that you have to like his physical game. Uh,
1: no, again, he's not afraid to go to those hard areas. He competes hard, and he does a lot of those little things. You know, when you look at his stat line, like maybe not a lot of measurable statistics in what he brings, but he you know, he goes to those hard areas. He breaks up pucks well. He takes hits to make plays. Uh, and for a young defenseman – he's doing a lot of good things right now.
0: You know, another young defenseman that obviously is really high on everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, I remember watching him last year before he was drafted, and that's Mo Sider, whom every year in the draft services, each month that they came out, he was ascending quickly. He was always moving up more so than any other player. Uh, You know, I maintain that if the draft were a month later in July and not in June, he would have been in the top ten um, I remember talking to you uh, at uh, at the prospects tournament where you were the successful uh, the coaching staff and, champion. Yep. Yep. Champion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're still you, riding that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, you didn't show me your ring. Yeah. I, I was so <laughs> waiting on those. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, he was very impressive there. And I think we were all—I I don't know—he must have had thirty minutes of ice time. He, his his hockey IQ for being a young player like that, the way he's able to think the game—is that—is it because he's just so dedicated and he's a student of the game, or is that just natural ability?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of both. I think that he does have a lot of uh, God-given talent, but you know what—he he works on it every day. You know, he's out on the ice. He. You got to sometimes drag him off the ice. He's one of the first guys on the ice. He's one of the last guys off the ice. Uh, he loves being at the rink. And it's funny, we'll catch him just in the locker room by himself, blasting music and singing to himself. And he's just, uh, he loves being a hockey player, loves being around here. Uh, again, he's a guy that uh, takes time. He, he learns through video, he learns on the ice, he wants to get better. Uh, he challenges himself, he challenges the group. And I think that as a young, uh, extremely young player, uh german nonetheless a foreign guy he's coming he's had a a tremendous amount of uh confidence and and swagger i guess without being uh cocky or arrogant so Mm -hmm. you know he's a pleasant kid to be around he's uh he's an enjoyable guy he's a competitor and uh you know you combine that with his natural ability uh you know it's a good combination and he's he's definitely done a lot of great things this first half and uh you know we're, we're excited with where he's at and what his future could uh could pertain
0: you know i know that you played in the german league that he played in and i know i talked to you last summer with uh when we were up in traverse city at training camp when you were on the podcast last time uh does that give you, even though it's different time periods, you obviously didn't play together, but gives you a little bit better insight of where he's coming from because you've played in the league that he's coming from, if yeah. that makes well, sense?
1: He's played against men, and that league typically has 10 to 11 vet, you know, or uh, sorry, not vets, uh, import players mm-hmm. that are North American or Canadians that have, you know, played significant amount of time in the American League. Some have NHL games played, and to go from that league to instead of coming from juniors, uh, it's a little bit different. So it's probably for him was a little bit uh, less of an adjustment period with regard to playing you know, the, the, the speed against the size, against the strength of some of the opponents. And you know, he's not afraid to, to go into corners. He's not afraid to engage in battles. And he plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and with a little bit of an edge. And I think that can be attributed to, to playing in that league.
0: One thing that I've been impressed with, and uh, we were at the Cherryland Humane Society where the prospects went after they won the tournament uh, to you know, to hang out with animals, and it was a really good experience. But I could tell that he kind of coordinated the team picture. He was always kind of directing his teammates uh, in a good way. I mean, it wasn't bossy. I don't want to give that. But you could see that he truly does seem to be a natural leader. That guys respond to him, and he likes to take on that responsibility. Well, he, like I said, he's he's a confident kid. He's uh,
1: not overly confident, but he's confident in himself. He's got a great personality to him, and uh, you know he, he's he's got an infectious personality. You know, he, he he's a positive kid. He loves being around his teammates, and uh, that that doesn't surprise me that he would, uh, you know, he would you know the way you describe him there he's a self-starter you know he he really does uh you know take the initiative and in, in being proactive in in all aspects of his life it seems
0: uh, another player we certainly want to touch upon moving to forwards now would be Joe Valeno uh Joe strikes me he's again one of our bloggers I know I always I have to plug that blog series uh, each and every time you know he's been doing it since last year when he was at Drummondville uh, this definitely seems to be a transitional year for him. I think we have a tendency to forget, and, and, and Mo, I know, is also young. But uh, uh, Mo did, as you said, Ben, play play with men. That he's nineteen playing in the AHL because he has he had four years in the Q because of the exceptional status at fifteen. Um, he seems to be kind of slowly but surely getting acclimated to this professional life.
1: Yeah, and you know, for some younger players it takes time but you know we were talking about the other day uh you know a certain you you are sensitive to that to a certain extent but at the same time it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 19 or if you're 35 or 36 so uh it's once you jump on that ice it's you've got to earn your keep and you've got to you got to compete so I think uh you know at times he's gone through his struggles this year but he's done a lot of good things and again you know he's you know, I don't think his numbers are indicative of what he's done so far this year. He's shown a lot of promise, a lot of uh, poise with the puck. Uh, Defensively, even though his plus minus may not reflect it, he's done a uh, really good job of developing uh, his game away from the puck, and that may not be reflected uh, in his stat line. But again, Joe loves being around the rink. He, uh, He competes hard, and you know, he's an enjoyable kid to be around
0: he wants he wants to be that 200 foot player he talks about it a lot when I when I talk to him uh, in being able to play defense is that the when you're a high end he had 104 points last year in the mm-hmm. Quebec League. Uh, even though they want to play defense and they want to be a 200-foot player, is it sometimes difficult for a guy who was pretty much a, a pretty offensive player, although Joe had played two ways, I'm not saying that, to make that transition. It's one thing to say, I want to be a 200-foot player. How difficult is it to become that 200-foot player?
1: Well, it, it's, I think it's difficult on on any team at any level to, to be a 200-foot player because – you think you've got to sacrifice one side of your game to to right. benefit your other. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, but again, if you're responsible with the puck, if you're responsible away from the puck, I, I think it's going to obviously uh, bode well for, for both sides of the game. Um, now w- with Joe, he's, he's a smart kid. And I think going over to the World Juniors and being a part of a team uh, that had success winning a gold medal representing his country. Uh, it was was huge for him and being a big part of that team. And again, he was on the power play. He was killing penalties over there in key situations. And again, this first half of the year, we've used him in a lot of big situations. Which uh, you know, he's for a young kid, he wasn't wide-eyed, and mm-hmm. he uh, he embraced it. And uh, you know, I think young players learn by being put in those situations. And he's gotten better as, a, as the first half has progressed here.
0: Uh, Michael Rasmussen was in Detroit all of last year. Either that, or he had to be sent back to junior. Uh uh to, uh uh to to his junior club in the western League um uh, I, I think that when the Red Wings came out at the beginning of this year at the start of training camp and said we want him to play center I know he wants to be a center I think that that kind of in a strange effect calmed him down a little bit you know he had he you know he knew a definitive plan not that he, he'd play anywhere he wants to just play in the league uh his transition, I think, this year has been. I know he's been hurt, but 14 points in 19 games. Uh, it seems that you know, and I'm going to say this now for like the eighth time. You know, the most serious whatever he is, 20 year old on the planet, but he seems to be really a very very focused player. And I think now that he knows that he's that Detroit wants him to be a center, it's made him just really. Laser focused in on that task. Yeah.
1: Well, again, he's he is a serious guy, and I think uh, he takes his career very, very seriously. Um, no, I, I don't think a lot of fans or people on the outside also realize he's a pretty personal guy. He's got a good personality. Have you ever
0: seen him smile? Oh yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a good
1: sense of humor, and uh, but but he he works and he cares. So I think that he's really taken the initiative after. Uh, you know, being told that we want him to develop into a centerman. Uh, he, he's studying the position. He's learning to uh, put himself in good spots defensively. Again, and not taking away from his offensive side of the game. Uh, he's protecting pucks well with the with the puck and I think for him it's just making sure that he's putting himself in good spots away from the puck as a centerman uh, to have success but I think he's done a great job obviously his injury uh, he was out for a little bit there it set him back a little bit and he's worked his tail off to get back uh, to, to playing here in Grand Rapids so again we're, we're looking forward to the second half and what he can uh, what can what you know what he can develop into but uh, another kid that puts in the time he, he's you know, all these young kids that we have, they're doing a really good job, you know, on the ice, putting the time through video, uh, in the weight room, uh, you know, all kind of different aspects that uh, the resources they're taking advantage of. Uh,
0: I know that he you haven't coached him a whole lot. He was uh, in Grand Rapids for a couple, like, rehab stint last year and, uh, like, 16 games now. But his hand-eye coordination and his net front presence are really – extraordinary to watch he seems to have that type of game i know jeff blashless said many times he's going to score a majority of his goals right in front of the net uh that talent how impressive is it from a coaching perspective when you have a guy who can who's six six you can't really move him but he can obviously has the and shall i say this the the tip skills of a thomas holmstrom or somebody in front of the net
1: yeah, well he does he does have an act for for Finding pucks around the net front, and anytime you're a big guy like that, and you get to the net front, you're going to cause a little bit of havoc for the goalie to have to look around you. Uh, he's got a big wingspan, so he can tip pucks in a in a large radius or diameter there. And uh, I think that he's at his best when he's around the net. He's got some pretty good hands in tight, and when he gets to those hard areas, uh, you know he, he he does a really good job of holding the net front. And you know credit to him, a lot of guys won't just stand in there you know on the power play if he's playing that front he's standing in there with guys taking some pretty hard shots and he's not afraid to stand in there and again hand eye coordinating mm-hmm. tip puck so you know he's uh he's a he's a pretty uh pretty confident uh in that regard of getting to the net front
0: uh young man who uh, Red Wing signed out of Michigan State last year came on with uh, setting records had a good 10 game audition last year this year although the entire Red Wing team you could say this about you know unfortunately for the the whole squad this year uh, uh, seemed to struggle and that is uh, uh, taro Hirose, um has come down here is, is starting to put together and find his game I, I talked to him today and he you know he seems pretty in a pretty good spot uh how about uh, Taro's game? How is, how's that coming around? Yeah,
1: well, again, it was, you know, when you finish a year, you get great college career. Uh, then you go up to Detroit and you play games up there, you get a taste of it, and then he starts a year up there. Uh, it's probably, and I'm sure he'll be the first one to tell you, a little bit of a letdown to get sent down here. But, right. Uh, you know, he's got his head around it, what he needs to do to improve. Uh, I think, again, he's a guy that is extremely composed with the puck, uh, extremely skilled and dynamic with the puck. He he makes plays. He's got great poise. Uh, it, again, we just have to make sure that he's staying uh, more engaged and making sure that we're physically, mentally engaged and not forcing plays uh, that aren't there. But he's definitely gifted with the puck. He's got uh, great vision. He can make plays. He's not afraid to make plays. And anytime you got a skilled guy uh, like that, you, know, you live with the few of the turnovers and mistakes he makes because he's trying to make plays, and he can make high end plays for sure.
0: Another guy that stood out at the uh, at the, the prospects tournament, uh, and I, I think Red Wing officials were fairly impressed with, and uh, is Chase Pearson. Uh, he, you know, you look at him. You think third, fourth line center. He's a big kid. He's you know he he's a natural leader, captain of Maine as a sophomore and junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, Chase seems to be, you know, you know peach Pearson as we call him, but I mean, he, he, he seems actually to be acclimating himself pretty well too. No, Chase,
1: again, he's a, he's a mature kid and, uh, he brings a lot of intangibles that, you know, he's a big body. Uh, our focus with him is making sure that he's using that size to his advantage on a more consistent basis. He's been, uh, pretty reliable on the PK and we've used him a lot in the pentacle this year and he's kind of integrate himself as a staple on the PK. Uh, it was tough earlier, with Chase, and he'll be the first one to tell you too. Uh, they played man-on-man coverage at Mean, and you know, sometimes it's tough to break those habits. But uh, I think overall he's done a really good job of finding a niche. Uh, he's at his best when he's playing heavy with the puck, taking pucks to the net. Uh, reliable defensively and strong on faceoffs, and I think uh, for the most part this year he's been pretty dependable on faceoffs and pretty dependable away from the puck.
0: You know, we've talked about some of the younger guys, but I mean, a guy like Joe Hickett, still, it's still a prospect, so really putting together a good year. He seems to be at ease too. Signed the two-year deal. Uh, you know, th- leads all defensemen in scoring. Uh, and Joe seems to really, um, you know, he looks bigger, uh, still uh, still catching the dream, so to speak, or chasing it. Yeah, well,
1: again, Joe is, uh, he logs a lot of minutes for us. He plays PP, plays PK. Uh, he's, a, he's a soldier for us, and he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He competes. On a nightly basis, you know what you're getting out of Joe most nights, more often than not, and uh, he gives you everything he has. And you, you love to cheer for a guy like Joe because he may not be the biggest guy, but he's not afraid to, to throw everything he's got at you, and uh, he's a competitor. So he's, uh, he's a big part of our group here, and he's been great with the young D and uh, helping them evolve and get acclimated to American League level uh, while at the same time improving his game and making sure that he's still – you know, he's still chasing his dream himself.
0: Yeah, I know we only have you for a limited time today, Ben, so I, I, I know we're going to have to be wrapping this up. But I, I always neglect to ask you about him, and then I kick myself as I'm driving back to Detroit here, is Evgeny Shvechnikov. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the, the game against Iowa, he tried the old lacrosse move, and you know he's a real fun-loving guy. He had that catastrophic knee injury that he had to sit out a whole year. Uh, he, again, I, I know I'm, I'm being a bit redundant here, but he seems to be – in a good place and maybe over the apprehension when you were ha- coming back from such a, a bad injury to just go and play hockey?
1: Yeah, well, against Fetch, uh, I've seen him since he's walked through these doors, and uh, he he competes. He works hard. He works extremely hard. He cares. Um, now, coming back from a, an injury like that it is tough to do when you miss a whole year. So uh, he, he worked his tail off to get back into game shape to be ready for the season, and uh, you know Svech is at his best when he's protecting pucks. He's strong on his skates, so when he can take pucks hard to the net, when he's uh, playing below the dots and making other teams defend and, and making them haul him down, uh, that's when he's most effective. And uh, you know for for Svech, you, you root for him because he, he does care. He really wants to get back to the NHL, and uh, you know it's our job to make sure that uh, that he's continuing to improve on a daily basis and. Uh, again, he's a guy with a good personality. He loves being around the rink, and uh, yeah, he's just a he's just a solid solid character guy.
0: You know, even though you've had a lot of uh, transition this year and guys going back and forth, uh, uh, you know, you have some great veteran leadership here. Certainly, uh, Chris Terry, Matt Ford, uh, Matt Pumple. I mean, these guys are Brian Lashoff. Can't forget uh, Lashoff, but uh, a guy that I've always liked and drawn to, and he came back, and he was playing in the KHL. It was Eric Tangrady. I know he's hurt right now, but mm-hmm. uh, can you talk about his addition and what he brings to this team?
1: Well, I, I think, uh, first of all, all our vets have done a, a mm-hmm. really good job uh, for the most part of, of helping teach our young guys and get them acclimated to the American Hockey League. Uh, Tango, specifically, when he uh, things just didn't work out in the KHL for him this year, uh, there's there was a level of familiarity with him with Grand Rapids with uh, myself Ryan Martin with the player and so when he became available we thought okay a, a big body someone that can score goals uh, we went through a stretch where we weren't scoring goals and uh, it seemed to make sense so Ryan talked to Ryan Martin our general manager talked to him uh, I spoke to him we thought it'd be a good fit and uh decided to bring him on and he's been a pleasant surprise with uh, not only his production, but just his, uh, his presence. He's a pretty vocal guy. Uh, and, you know, he's been a good, uh, good, good voice in the locker room, good voice uh, on the ice. And uh, if he can continue the production on the ice uh, and stay positive, you know, and, and be a positive influence on these guys, I, I think it's a great fit.
0: As you approach these last 30 games or so, you're going to be in a playoff fight. Uh, you know, I, I, the, you know train do you expect it to 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 calm down where you'll be with a with pretty much a consistent lineup or do, is this just one of those years where you're just going to take it as it comes no
1: i don't think you can ever plan you know like <laughs> uh you know best best laid plans uh, <laughs> right right uh no i i think that you, you you play the hand that you're dealt as best you can uh and you, you you see what happens but i don't think you can plan too far into the future um you know, hopefully, uh, our guys are ready and prepared if and when the opportunity comes to to get called up to Detroit to to go play well up there. And uh, you know, that's your job here is to make sure they're they're developed on a daily basis and make sure
0: they're improving. How have you changed as a coach? Has this year affected you in in any way? I mean, are you uh, uh, do you look at it and say? Wow, I never really thought that I needed to work on this myself, but now maybe I have to. Or
1: yeah, well, no. For first of all, I've I've, I've lost more hair. Um, that's not growing back any quicker. Um, but no, I, I I think as you know, in any spot, as a player, as a coach, uh, I mean, your job. I right. Mean, you, you always you, are evolving and learn you, every day. You do, and I I think you learn from the decisions you make in the past, I think you learn from mistakes you made in the past. And, you know, for sure, uh, last year, I definitely made some bad decisions, some some uh, bad calls. And I, you draw on those experiences or, you know, conversations you had with players or situations that came up that, you know, you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but maybe you could have done this. And you, you take what you learned for better or for worse and you apply it to if and when that situation or similar occurrence were, were to come. So, you know, you're always evolving as a coach. Uh, I think this year... Uh, Matt McDonald's back. Brian Mahoney Wilson's mm-hmm. back. I think having that continuity, and, you know, another year under our belt, uh, have been great with those guys. And adding Todd Krieger has been a been a great great addition to our staff.
0: Uh, one final question: uh, because it's a development league, as you said, you have so many first year players. You have a lot of high end prospects uh, on this roster. Do you have more interaction with the Red Wings than you would if the roster was pretty set and you were, you know, the Griffins of all just cooking is normal
1: well i i think that uh there's a lot of eyes on grand rapids right now just because of uh the the potential of the the players down here so you know that means you know phone calls and that means you know information that needs to be relayed up or expectations need to be sent down here and uh you know that's our job is to make sure that we're doing what's best uh, for, for these players themselves and, and for the future of the Detroit Red Wings. And you know, that's something that I think our staff takes very seriously on, on a daily basis. You know, that's not something we take lightly, and you know, we, we embrace that every day.
0: Well, Ben Simon, thank you for joining us on the Red and White Authority. I really appreciate it. You know, we really enjoy uh, uh, coming down here. Most of the time, it's me, and of course, uh, Boss Man. Boss Man is here. <laughs> Andrew Bossman Man. I get Christoph. this to stick. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he, 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 he's insisting on being called Boss Man. It's, uh, I tried
1: that with my wife. It didn't work. <laughs> okay, well, <so> good luck. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, it's maybe hopefully a phase he's going through. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but,
0: Yeah, boss man, there you go. He he loves it. We've created, he refers to himself as boss man. Great. Uh, Ben, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Treat us so well here. We always love coming down and look forward to uh, uh, this playoff run. And I can't wait till the playoffs start and watching uh, you and the Griffins perform. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.